what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, that stands in the need of prayer. Prayer changes things. God answers prayer. But let me ask you this. Does prayer change you? Or is is your prayer life changing you? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 18. Luke, chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. And he spake a parable unto them... To this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Move down, if you will, to verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. I want to stop right there this morning and use for a subject. Two parables concerning prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You today. I praise You today. I thank You for the people that You have brought this way, both in this service and those who are listening by the internet, by the radio, whomever they may be, wherever they may be today. Lord, I just pray that Your blessings will rest upon them. Lord, I ask for the anointing of Your Spirit to rest upon me. Bring back to my memory, Lord, that which has been prepared. Lord, I ask that you will help me to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, anoint your people to hear it and to receive it, that we all might be drawn closer to you. And we'll ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Christianity, biblical Christianity, is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is a relationship with a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. In order to have a good relationship, there has to be communication. And as a child of God, your relationship with Jesus Christ is not going to be as it ought to be if you do not have a prayer life. I'm talking about a time when you go before the Lord on a daily basis and you pray to Him. You talk to Him. And this past Wednesday night as Brother Barber was ministering the Word, he said something that resonated in my spirit And the statement was this. I I know we've all seen the bumper sticker on the car or on a sign, a t-shirt somewhere that says, Prayer changes things. 
Well, the statement that Brother Barber made this past Wednesday night, does prayer change you? In this of which I will attempt to try to give to you today, Jesus gives us two parables concerning prayer. The first parable that Jesus gives us is concerning a widow woman. She lost her husband. The Bible does not say, but perhaps there were children involved. Back in those days, there were no educational opportunities for women. Therefore, the jobs that a woman could hold in public was very scarce. Most of the time, a woman may be able to get a job cleaning house or doing some sewing or something of that nature, a servant type of job. But as far as the high-end jobs where education was required, there were none. And the breadwinner of the family has died. And to compound things and to make the situation worse, someone had took advantage of her situation. Now the Bible doesn't go into all the details on it. Because that the Bible is written not only pertaining to this woman's situation, but it has to apply to your particular situation. What situation are you in that's a dire situation? And somebody had taken advantage of this widow woman. Perhaps she had done a service for someone. Cleaned their house. And for whatever reason, this individual would not pay her for her services that had been rendered. She's got a family to feed. She's got mouths to feed. No man there to stand up for her no breadwinner and the need is great and she has gone out to work this job and now she has an adversary let me just stop right there for just a minute because you as a child of God you need to realize that you have an adversary You've got somebody, and his name is the devil, that is your adversary. And he's constantly taking advantage of your situation. Now, you may sit here this morning and say, Well, Brother James, everything's fine with me. I ain't got no situation. Well, that's good. You ought to raise your hands this morning and thank God that you ain't got no situation. But let me tell you, if you breathe air long enough and you stay on the face of this ball long enough, sooner or later you're going to have a situation. And the devil's going to try to take advantage of that situation. And you need to realize who your adversary is. You need to realize who your adversary is not. And your adversary is not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your mama, it's not your daddy, it's not that teacher at school that 
wants to get on your case for acting up in class. It's not the preacher. It's not particular ones in the church that want some things and other ones in the church are wanting something else. That's not your adversary. The adversary is the devil who loves to get in situations and just cause confusion and get people to bickering and fussing. The adversary. Recognize who your enemy is. This woman had an adversary. She went to the judge there in the city. The Bible says he was an unjust judge. And he regarded not the things of God. This man wasn't even saved. And yet he served on the court. And she goes to him. And she says... Avenge me of my adversary. And for whatever reason, he just won't go and do it. So he goes on, he deals with some other cases. She walks out of the line, she goes all the way to the back of the line and comes back in line again. And the judge looks up and there's this widow woman standing there again. Avenge me of my adversary. He said, go on, woman, I ain't got time to fool with you. I got other cases that's more important. She gets out of the line, she goes back to the back of the line, and here she comes again. She waits her turn. She kept on pestering that judge and, and, until he just said, this woman's going to keep right on until I avenge her of her adversary. And Jesus said, now I want you to notice what he said, there in verse 6, Luke 18, verse 6, hear what the unjust judge said. What did he say? Look back in verse 5. This woman is troubling me. I will avenge her because of her continual coming and wearying me. What was Jesus trying to get across to us in this parable he's telling us this when it comes to prayer don't stop don't quit don't give up on that loved one that's gone astray keep praying for their salvation that financial situation that's that's really bad in, in, in your finances right now. Things ain't looking too good. Don't stop praying. Keep going before the throne of grace concerning that thing. Keep praying for your children because God will answer that prayer. Look what he said in verse 8. Luke 18 verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And he's speaking about God avenging his own elect if you are a child of god today listen to me if you are a child of god if you have accepted jesus christ as your savior you have a right to boldly come before the throne of grace today 
And let me tell you, when you come before His throne, you're coming before somebody who can do anything. Absolutely anything. You're coming before somebody who has unlimited resources. And if He ain't got it, He can speak the Word and create that thing that you need in your life. And God loves you today. Paul told us in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And then he said this in verse 32. Romans 8 verse 32. He that spared not his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What does that mean? It means that if God the Father gave the crown jewel of heaven, the most valuable thing in heaven, God has given it to us. Everything else that we need is less than that. How will He with Jesus Christ freely give us all things? My question to you today is this, what do you need? The Bible says, Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Keep going before the throne of grace. Every time God looks up, you're there before Him in His presence, praying and seeking Him about a particular thing. I'm coming out of Wilson the other week, a couple of months ago. Pulled up at a stoplight. My truck made a funny sound. I said, uh-oh. That ain't good. And that light turned green and I hit the gas. And boy, it, something came all to pieces under that truck. I don't know what it was. I looked in the rearview mirror and I thought I was going to see something laying in the highway. But I didn't. But we barely made it home. I mean, that engine was running wide open. I'm going about 10, 15 miles an hour. People going by me, throwing their fingers out. and Calling me everything but the Son of God. <laughs> Finally made it home. A transmission went out in my truck. Well, and y'all know Haven went off to college, and so now her car's up there at Liberty University. Well, Dana's got to have her car to go to work every day, and sometimes she's down in Jacksonville, so I, I'm needing a vehicle. The only vehicle I got is my dad's 1986 Chevrolet. Gets about eight miles to the gallon. <laughs> and so... Uh, we got the thing running good, carried it to the mechanic, and he put a new carburetor on it, put a new water pump on it, and put a new radiator in it, and knew this, knew that. Put a lot of money in it to get it, get it going. Had the truck loaded down with trash the other day, and it just cut right off. And it right in the middle of high traffic area, buses and kids, coming by 
here I am stuck in the middle of the road. I got, all, got it off to the side of the road best I could, but what am I going to do? I didn't spend all my money trying to get it fixed, and now we, we, we still got a problem here. Lord, I got to have some transportation. That's just all there is to it. I, I've got to have it, Lord. I'm not, I'm not asking you for a Cadillac. I'm not asking you for a limousine. I, I'm not asking you for the most expensive thing, but I've got to have some transportation. Wednesday night service comes, I've got to be able to, to get there to preach your word. Sunday morning, I've got to be able to get to church. If church members call and I need to go to the hospital, I need something dependable or where that will get me from point A to point B. And I kept going before the Lord over this thing. Now, now, the, the, the situation is, if I'm sitting here with plenty of money, I can just go out and buy something. Money's the problem because all my money's tied up in Liberty University. See? Well, I kept praying and seeking God. And yesterday, the Lord answered my prayer. Now I got something that can get me from point A to point B. It ain't new. But God will supply your need, whatever that need is. See, don't give up. Just because God doesn't answer you immediately, in His divine wisdom, see, He'll answer that prayer in due time. But see, the Lord is teaching us things. In your situation, He's trying to teach you something. You need to continually go before His throne of grace and bring our petitions to Him. All right. God answers prayer. Jesus give us another parable now. The parable of the publican. Not the republican, but the publican. And the Pharisee. And this prayer here, this parable on prayer here has to do with how we approach God. And here we have a Pharisee, the fundamentalist of the day. The Jews looked up to the Pharisee. They were the epitome of holiness. They were the ones who set the example for everyone to follow. The Pharisee knew the Scriptures inside and out. He was in church every Sabbath day. He was in church every Wednesday night. Every Sabbath you would see him sitting up in the choir. Paid his tithe. Fasted twice a week, the Bible says. A good, upstanding church member. And ain't that what we all want? We want good, upstanding, wholesome Church members that come like they ought to, that know their Bible, that'll stand up and teach when called on, that'll get in the choir, they'll serve on the deacon board, they pay their tithe, they fa- Good grace and mercy, this man fasted twice a week. Then you got this publican. In the eyes of the Jew, the publican, he was a traitor. The publican had committed high treason against the nation of Israel because it it was a person who was a Jew and they had sided with the Romans and they collected the taxes from the Jews. And sometimes they charged more than what was due. They were extortioners. The worst thing in the world 
the worst person you can imagine, a publican in the mind of the Jew. His conscience is so guilty when he come into church, he would sit on the back row, not to draw any attention to himself. Would not so much as even look up to heaven. Here you have these two individuals sitting in church on Sunday morning. Both of these individuals prayed to God. Now let's take a look at what the Pharisee had to say. He said this, I thank thee, O God, that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, and I give tithe of all that I possess. That's what this man prayed. Self-righteousness. God, I come before you today, and you owe me. Lord, I fasted twice this week. I paid my tithe. Lord, you owe me. God don't owe you anything. If anything, we owe him. Here's the thing. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said that this man prayed with himself. In other words, God didn't even hear what this man had to say. He sat there and prayed with him self there are some prayers that God is not going to hear that's because we're not going before him properly as we should despite this man's church attendance despite the amount of money that he put in the offering plate despite all of that his position in the church God did not hear this man's prayer because he did not come before God properly as he should then you got this publican this wicked this evil ungodly individual he sit on the back row and he said God have mercy on me a sinner And Jesus said that that man went to his house justified. In other words, that man went home saved. And let me tell you this. This is the striking thing about it. The Pharisee who had gone to church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, sung in the choir, done all of these other things, unless he repented and saw himself as he truly was, a sinner that needed the grace of God and for God to have mercy on him, unless he repented, that man's in hell right now. What are you saying, James? I'm saying this. The religion of Christianity has sent more people to hell than alcohol, drugs, clubbing. Are you hearing me? Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying today? There's nothing worse 
than a false sense of salvation. And how do you know? How, how can you tell the difference between the religion of Christianity and the relationship of Christianity? It's this right here. When you talk to the Lord on a daily basis and you come before His throne of grace and you don't ask Him so much for things, you can. I did. And the Lord answered my prayer. But the greatest need of all is for there to be a change in my heart. I was saved when I was 12 years old. That's been a long time ago. But as I stand here before you today, there are still some changes in my heart. And I can't do anything about it. I can't change myself. But Jesus Christ can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit shows me things about me that needs to change. And I go before Him every day like that widow woman went before the unjust judge. And I say, avenge me of my adversary. You know what my biggest adversary is? Me. I'm preaching to me right now. Y'all can come along with me if you want to. But it's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, that stands in the need of prayer. Prayer changes things. God answers prayer. But let me ask you this. Does prayer change you? Or is your prayer life changing you? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.